please, to Luke chapter 7. We'll begin our study there in just a moment. And as you are turning there, I want to begin by talking about a man. He was a great man. I'm referring to John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a man who truly deserves our attention. And much has been said about John the Baptist in both the Old Testament and also in the New Testament. The question for all of us is, how much do we know about this man named John the Baptist? He's a man that, when properly understood, will help us to have, I think, a better appreciation of who we are in the kingdom of God. In fact, that's why I asked you to turn over to Luke chapter 7. In Luke chapter 7, there's an interesting statement by Jesus. We find John the Baptist in prison. And John the Baptist had sent a couple of his disciples to Jesus asking him, are you the expected one or should we look for another? And Jesus told them to go back and remind John about the miracles that he had performed, that Jesus had performed and the mighty deeds that he had done. Then Jesus would begin to talk about John the Baptist. And I want you to notice what he said in verse number 24. When the messengers of John had left, he began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Those who are splendidly clothed and live in luxury are found in royal palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and one who is more than a prophet, this is the one about whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. I say to you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. Think about that. Yet he who was least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. It's an interesting statement that that John was a great man, a great prophet. And yet notice what Jesus said, yet he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. For the last six weeks now, we have been answering uh, Bible questions that people have. And this is a question that someone submitted that I want us to address tonight really more uh, in detail. And I want us to really find out in what way was John the Baptist or what way are we greater than than John the Baptist. We're going to learn a lot about John the Baptist with our time this afternoon. And we're going to see that indeed he was a great individual. He did mighty things. And there's some important facts that we need to know about this man. Then we'll talk about how we are, in what sense are we greater than John the Baptist? So I want to begin by looking at some details pertaining to John the Baptist. Turn over to Luke chapter 1. We're going to be, begin there. We learn some details about John the Baptist in Luke chapter 1. First of all, his parents, their names were Zacharias and Elizabeth. When you turn over to Luke chapter 1, and let's begin reading here. I just want to read this so you guys can uh, have some background information. Beginning in verse number 5, notice what the Bible says here. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. So uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth, they're going to be the parents of John. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both advanced in years. Now it happened that while he was performing his priestly service, Before God in the appointed order of his division, according to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Verse 10. And the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at the hour of the incense offering. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the altar of incense. Zacharias was troubled, I think all of us would be, when he saw the angel and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your 
petition has been heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will, will bear you a son, will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. So we see a couple of things here. Number one, we learn about his parents, Zacharias and Elizabeth. Number two, we know that his name was divinely given. That's what the angel said. You're going to name this boy that you're going to have John. And notice how he is described as being great. He's going to be great in the sight of God. And so just from those verses there, we gather up a lot of information about John the Baptist. Now look at Luke chapter 1, verse 25 and 26, we learn that John the Baptist would be born before Jesus, about six months, six months older than Jesus, and that certainly will become important as we learn more about what John the Baptist said concerning Jesus. In Luke chapter 1 and verse number 25, or we can go back up to verse 24, after these days, Elizabeth, his wife, became pregnant, and she kept herself in seclusion for five months, saying, this is the way the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked with favor upon me to take away my disgrace among men. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David and the virgin's name was Mary. And so we get details there about the about what's going to happen with Mary and Joseph. And so we learn from that passage that John the Baptist would be six months older than Jesus. So from these few verses here, uh, we get some details about John the Baptist. And it appears that he was also living under the strict code of the Nazarite, uh, according to Numbers chapter 6, and the fact that he was not going to drink any wine or liquor. There's something else powerful. You go back to Luke chapter 7. Go back to that text there real quickly. We see that John the Baptist... John the Baptist, he was spoken of by the prophets. Uh, and what an amazing thing to be spoken of by the prophets. And that's exactly what we find in Luke chapter 7. Remember that verse we just read in verse number 26 and 27. Jesus said, but what did you go out to see? A prophet. Yes, I say to you, and one who was more than a prophet, this is the one about whom it is written. So Jesus is now going to quote from the last book in the Old Testament, the book of Malachi, chapter 3, and verse number 1, where he says, Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. And so John the Baptist, he was spoken of by the prophets. We read about him in the book of Malachi. Turn over to Matthew chapter 3, and I want you to notice what Matthew said here in Matthew chapter 3 and verse number 3. Matthew chapter 3, listen to Matthew's account here. Matthew chapter 3 and verse number Verse number three, this is actually John the Baptist speaking about himself, which had to be a pretty amazing thing to talk about the prophecies that were speaking about yourself. He said, for this is the one referred to by Isaiah the prophet uh, when he said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord, make his path straight. That's actually Matthew there. So he's speaking about John the Baptist and how the prophet Isaiah had spoken about John the Baptist. And so when you look at John, John had been prophesied throughout the Old Testament, and the things that he would teach, the things that he would do, the prophets had foretold the things that he would do. From these prophecies, we learn that he would prepare the way for the coming Messiah. We learn that he would prepare the way for Jesus, and his ministry would be in the likeness of another great prophet by the name of 
Elijah. And so we read about that also uh, in the Old Testament. Now, John the Baptist was not literally Elijah, but he would come uh, with the same power and in the same manner of Elijah. When you turn over to Luke chapter 1 and verse number 17, going back to that story there with uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth in Luke chapter 1 and verse number 17, Uh, Let's just pick up in verse 16. We already got down to verse 15 where it says, and he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. And so, again, that's showing us what type of ministry he would have, the teaching that he would have. Then in verse 17, it is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And so again, even in verse number 17, we see reference to Malachi chapter 4, the prophet also speaking about John the Baptist there. Now, when you look at Elijah here, uh, Elijah obviously, or I'm sorry, John the Baptist, he certainly came in the power and spirit of Elijah. And when you look at Matthew chapter 3 and verse number 4, you could probably write right next to that verse, 2 Kings 1 and verse number 8. In Matthew chapter 3, verse number 4, we get some more details about John the Baptist. Matthew 3 and verse 4, now John himself had a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. An interesting diet, to say the least. But uh, that's very similar to what we read about in Second Kings 1 and verse 8 with respect to the prophet named Elijah. And so we get some similarities there uh, with respect to John the Baptist and Elijah. He would come in the spirit and power of Elijah. Now, let's look at his teaching. What did John the Baptist talk about? Well, we've already seen uh, some pieces about what he would talk about in his teaching, what his ministry would be all about. He certainly was preparing the way for the Messiah. So we know that he was talking about Jesus. We know that he would be talking about repentance, and we know that he was also talking about the coming kingdom. So let's look at this in a little bit more detail. His message was often that of repentance in Luke chapter 1 and verse number 16. We read that. Let's go back and just read that again. And I'll give you guys some other verses that you can also write down. In Luke chapter 1 and verse number 16, it says, And he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. And so that was going to be a part of his a part of his ministry, a part of his message of getting people to turn back to God. In John chapter 1 and verse number 29, look at John chapter 1 and verse number 29. John chapter 1 and verse number 29, we see that he was also talking about Jesus the Messiah. John chapter 1 and verse number 29, the Bible says, the next day he saw Jesus coming to him and said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he on behalf of whom I said, after me comes a man who has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. That's a powerful statement there, because even though John the Baptist was born six months before Jesus, he knew that Jesus existed before him. And so John the Baptist would speak about repentance. You look over in Luke chapter 3, and his message was really powerful. In Luke chapter 3, Look over in Luke chapter 3, and I want to read some of these verses here. In Luke chapter 3, beginning in verse number 7, I want you to notice how John the Baptist preached. In Luke chapter 3 and verse number 7, the way that he preached caught people's attention and forced people to make a decision. In Luke chapter 3 and verse 7, the Bible says, He began saying to the crowds who were going out to be baptized by him, 
you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Don't hear too many preachers talking like that anymore, huh? You brood of vipers, you snakes, who warned you about the, <laughs> about the, the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits in keeping with repentance. And, and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham for our father. That's what the Jews often would do. Well, we're from, we're from Father Abraham. That's John chapter 8, that discussion with Jesus and uh, those Pharisees in John chapter 8. We are Abraham's children. And so John the Baptist is trying to help them to see, don't go back there. You need to make sure you make some changes in your life. We have Abraham for our father, for I say to you that from these stones, God is able to raise up children to Abraham. Indeed, the axe is already laid at the root of the trees. So every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. That's judgment language. That's Old Testament uh, language right there. And the crowds were questioning him, saying, then what shall we do? And he would answer and say to them, the man who has two tunics is to share with him who has none. And he who has food is to do likewise. And some tax collectors also came to be baptized. And they said to him, teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, collect no more than, than what you have been ordered to do. Some soldiers were questioning him, saying, and and what about us? What shall we do? And he said to them, do not take money from anyone by force or accuse anyone falsely and be content with your wages. So these individuals that are coming to him, the tax collectors, the soldiers, those who are in need of repentance, he was trying to get them to see, stop doing what's wrong and start doing what's right. Now, while the people were in a state of expectation, and we're all wondering, verse 15, in their hearts about John as to whether he was the Christ. John answered and said to them all, as for me, I baptize you with water. And so we're going to see the baptism of John. John indeed baptized people. That's why he's referred to as John the Baptist or John the Baptizer. There was no Baptist church in the first century. He was not a Baptist Christian, but that was his occupation. That's what he did. And that's why he's referred to as John the Baptizer or John the Baptist. And so he said, I baptize you with water, but one is coming who is mightier than I, and I'm not fit to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So he was always trying to point people to Jesus, pointing one to the Messiah that was going to come after him, preparing the way for one who was much greater than he was. And so he he came preaching a message of repentance, a message of judgment. And I'm showing you all this because I want you to understand just how big of a deal John the Baptist really was. The prophets spoke about him. Jesus had nothing but great things to say about this man. And he would also preach uh, concerning the coming kingdom. Look at Mark chapter 1. Mark's gospel begins with uh, the ministry of John the Baptist. In Mark chapter 1, In verse number one, Mark chapter one and verse number one, notice what Mark says here. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God, as it is written in Isaiah, the prophet, behold, I send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. His baptism was authorized by God. It was a baptism uh, from the Lord, authorized by God, baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And so he would preach concerning the coming kingdom, and he would preach baptism for the forgiveness of sins. So you look at his ministry, his message was really powerful. His teaching uh, obviously spoke about the Messiah, repentance, and the coming kingdom. Now, 
his personality. When you look at John the Baptist, he was a humble individual. He was a very humble man by nature. He recognized, and we've already seen some of those verses, that Jesus was greater than him. I want to go back to John chapter 1, and I just want to look at a couple of verses here. In John chapter 1, and I want you to notice in verse number 25 and verse number 26. John chapter 1 and verse 25 and 26. And we read these, but we'll just read them again. John chapter 1, verse number 25. They asked him and said to him, Why then are you baptizing if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize in water, but among you stands one whom you do not know. It is he who comes after me. So he's always trying to, to point people to Jesus, the thong of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. In verse 30, again, he said, after me comes a man who has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. And so John the Baptist had great influence. We're talking about a man who was prophesied by Isaiah and prophesied by Malachi. What an amazing thought, isn't it, to know that you were spoken of by the prophets of old. And now you are a prophet, a prophet of God. And yet throughout his ministry, we don't see any, we don't see any sense of pride or ego or anything like that. He was a humble man. In fact, in John chapter 3 and verse number 30, here's another sermon right here. I may have to do a sermon on this. Verse number 30, John the Baptist said, speaking about Jesus, he must increase, but I must decrease. What a great mindset that he must increase but I must decrease. And so when you look at this man, when you look at his life, we see that he had a great personality and a great character, uh, qualities uh, that everyone should have. He was a humble man uh, by nature. Something interesting also is that John the Baptist didn't perform any miracles. I don't see any miracles John the Baptist performed in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. In John chapter 10 and verse number 41, I want you to notice what's said here. John chapter 10 and verse number 41. John chapter 10 and verse number 41. Many came to him and were saying, while John performed no sign, yet everything John said about this man was true. And so my understanding is John the Baptist did not perform any miracles, which, which is powerful in and of itself also with respect to the impact that he had in his ministry. One last thought about John the Baptist. Look over in Mark chapter 6. When you look at John the Baptist, and I'm going through all of this because I want you to, to know who this man was, uh, he would die doing the will of God. In John chapter, uh, John, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 6, what we find here is a recount of what happened to, to John the Baptist. In Mark chapter 6, and let's begin uh, in verse number, verse number 17. For Herod himself had sent and had John arrested and bound in prison on account of Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip, because he had married her. For John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So we know that John, uh, he, he, was, he was preaching the gospel, preaching the truth. And he, he, told, Herod, he told Herod, uh, you're in an unlawful marriage, and that certainly would get him in trouble. Verse 19, Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to put him to death and could not do so. For Herod was afraid of John knowing that he was a righteous and holy man. So there's more qualities about, about who John was, and he kept him safe. And when he heard him, he was very perplexed, but he used to enjoy listening to him. A strategic day came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his lords and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. And when the daughter of Herodias herself came in and danced, she pleased Herod. 
and his dinner guests. And the king said to the girl, ask me for whatever you want and I will give it to you. And he swore to her, whatever you ask of me, I will give it to you up to half of my kingdom. And she went out and said to her mother, what shall I ask for? And she said, the head of John the Baptist. Immediately she came in a hurry to the king and saying, and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And although the king was very sorry, yet because of his oaths and because of his dinner guest, he was unwilling to refuse her. Immediately the king sent an executioner and commanded him to bring back his head. And he went and had him beheaded in prison, in the prison, and brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl, and the girl gave it to her mother. It's a powerful story right there. And what we find is that John the Baptist, even individuals who were not following the way of God, knew that this was a righteous man. They knew that he was a holy man. And we can learn from these examples in the Gospels that indeed he was a humble man who had done the will of God. Now, I went through all of that. I'm kind of taking the wrong, long route. Let's go back to Luke chapter 7 now. I wanted you guys just to, to, to be aware of some of these details. Some people may not be aware of all of these details concerning John the Baptist. Indeed, John the Baptist was a great man. He was a great prophet of God. And that's what Jesus said. He said in Luke chapter 7 and verse 26, But what did you go out to see, a prophet? Yes, I say to you, and one who is more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. I say to you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And so the main question is, in what way are we greater than John? You just read all those things we just read that's a pretty impressive resume. So in what way are we greater than John? How would you answer that question? If someone asked you, in what way are we greater than John? That's what Jesus said. He who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. So in what way are we greater than John the Baptist? Let me give you four thoughts to help answer this question. And there may be more. I'm just going to give you four to answer this question. Jesus, number one, is certainly speaking about those in the kingdom of God. And that's what he said in verse number 28. Now, when Jesus said this, the kingdom of God had not yet been established. It would be after his ascension in Acts chapter 2. And therefore, as we think about how in what way we are great, our greatness is not in of ourselves, but who we are in Jesus Christ. Secondly, I think one way that we can consider that we are greater than John, and this is not to say that John is bad or anything like that. Jesus is not saying that at all. But I think a way that we are greater than John, those who are in the kingdom, is in the sense that we have a greater understanding of Jesus. Now, John certainly had a great understanding of Jesus, and yet we know some more details pertaining to what happened to Jesus. Uh, we know that Jesus died on the cross. Uh, we know that he was in the tomb for three days. We know that he ra was risen from the grave, and we know that he ascended back into heaven in Acts chapter 1. When you think about the Christians in the first century, they would have been alive to see Jesus after his resurrection. Well, these are all things that John would never, never got the opportunity to do or to see because John the Baptist died before all of these events even took place. So I think in that sense, we could say that we are greater than John the Baptist and the things that we know about Jesus Christ and our understanding of all the things 
that took place. And while we have not seen Jesus, the fact that we know of his resurrection is, I think, how we can be greater than John the Baptist. I think that's one, another way of answering this question. Something else for us to think about, number three, is that we are partakers of a greater covenant uh, with Jesus. Think about John the Baptist again. John lived under the old law. And that certainly was a law from God, and yet we're under a better law. We're under the new covenant. You look at Hebrews chapter 8 and verse number 6, the Hebrew writer, this is the, the argument that he's making of the better covenant uh, that Christians are a part of in Hebrews chapter 8 and verse number 6. And there's so much to say about this, but we'll just look at one verse here. The Bible says in Hebrews 8 and verse number 6, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry by, by as much as he is also the mediator of a better covenant covenant, which has been enacted on better promises. So uh, how are we greater than John the Baptist? I think this is another way that we can describe how we're greater than John the Baptist and the fact that we are partakers of a greater covenant uh, through Jesus Christ with greater promises and Jesus as our great high priest. And so that's another way that we could say that we are greater than John the Baptist. And then finally, uh, we have the spiritual blessings of being in the kingdom of God. Uh, and this is a big deal that we really need to think about. We have great blessings in Jesus Christ. And I think this is how we can say that we are greater than John the Baptist. Our fellowship uh, that we have with the Son and being in Christ Jesus, the blessings of our brothers and sisters in Christ, this fellowship that we share with one another, it's a really big deal. And I think it's all in, in, encompassed in who we are in Christ. And in that sense, we're greater than John the Baptist. And all throughout the New Testament, including the book of Hebrews, you see these one another passages time and time again. And these one another passages are helping us to understand just the great blessings that we have in Jesus Christ. Now, there could be some more explanations or some other ways to answer the, this question here, but I think these are sufficient, and I'd love to hear from you guys if you have some more thoughts about this. But the fact that the things that we know and the things that took place with Jesus on the cross uh, and the empty tomb and the fact that we're partakers of a greater covenant with Jesus and the great spiritual blessings of being in the kingdom of God, I think all of these answer how or in what way that we are greater than John the Baptist. Now, uh, before we just conclude, I want us to really think about this. When we really think about this, this is a great question, but it really should be more than just a great Bible question. It really should cause us to pause because we saw how amazing John the Baptist really was. He did a lot of great things. And yet those who are in the kingdom of God, this contrast that Jesus was making back in Luke chapter 7, are, are greater in, the, in, this, in a sense than John the Baptist. When you really think about that, I think that should cause us to feel humbled as we think about how we're greater than John the Baptist and what the Bible helps us to see. And I really think it should cause us to motive, it should motivate us and cause us to worship God even more because of who we are in Jesus Christ. When you think about what Jesus said in Luke chapter 7 and verse 26, it should cause us to want to do even more for our God because of this relationship that we have with Jesus, that we should not take lightly what we are, who we are, uh, in the kingdom of God and what it was that Jesus has established and the fact that we are part of it. And it should really cause us to appreciate even more 
the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus. What we know about these things, these events that John was not able to see and would not be aware of because of when he died. That's something really powerful, I think, that should cause us to really pause and, and really appreciate what we are or who we are in Jesus Christ. Don't take lightly what Jesus said in Luke chapter 7 and verse number 26. And don't mistake me either. John was a great man, and John was doing the will of God. What Jesus said was not a, a slight or speaking negative about John the Baptist at all. Uh, and certainly John the Baptist was great with his association with the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit. And yet, so are we because of our fellowship with the Father, Son, and Spirit, and the fact that we are in Jesus Christ. And maybe this question here should cause us to slow down more throughout our day and realize how blessed we truly are. This is amazing to be a part of God's kingdom that Jesus has established. And something else that is amazing is that Jesus invites all men to be a part of his kingdom. And I wanted to say this for those who may not be a part of the kingdom of God. If you're not a part of the kingdom of God, Jesus wants you to be a part of his kingdom. And if you are willing to submit to the king, that's King Jesus. And if you're willing to submit to his law, he invites all men to be a part of his kingdom that he established. And we would love for you to be added to his kingdom. If that's what you need tonight, we want to encourage you. We want to help you. We want to study the word of God with you. And if you're already a part of the kingdom of God, don't take for granted who you are. Don't take for granted the great blessings that you have, that we have in Jesus Christ. If you're subject to the invitation, come now as we stand and sing. Come. 